hosting for Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. Online about technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor are always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. That's right, Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 116. Lots to talk about, as the intro says each and every week. It would be amazing if we came on and said, actually, not too much to talk about today. Uh, We might just not have a show, but uh, it hasn't happened yet in 116-plus episodes, and we won't let you down again this week. Thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear netgear.com.au. My name's Trevor Long from Your Tech Life, and joining me each and every week from techguide.com.au, direct from Taipei, Stephen Fennick. G'day, Trevor. How are you? Welcome back to the country. Uh, we'll, we'll get the we'll get the formalities out of the way straight away. Well done to New South Wales. Um, yeah, um, you, that was a good win. And I, I know not many people may know this, Trevor, but you're actually a Queenslander. Mm. Apart from Origin time, no one would know that, of course. <laughs> and so, just just want to get that out there that uh, I think you winning another series, you, you'd be more unbearable than you are already. So, oh, mate, let's listen, hope that doesn't happen. Let's, if if we could become <laughs> the two most unbearable talking blokes, um, it would be another Origin series to Queensland. And could you imagine if we topped oh. that off with a Rabbitohs grand final victory? Right, you know, you know what? Rabbitohs grand final. We'll, we'll have to do something. You'd have to get me live at the league club because I think I'd still be there if they won the grand final. Can I? Will you drink if that happens? I would. I would seriously do that. I would seriously <laughs> consider it. Yes. Righty, are you listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech? Let's get the show underway. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And I mentioned that you're hot off the plane from Taipei. I really don't even know where Taipei is. Um, but uh, Taiwan, Trevor. It's yeah. a uh, part of China. Well, what I'm suggesting is, of China. geographically, if you gave me a globe, <laughs> I would be like, pin the tail on the donkey. Let's not kid ourselves. Computex is an annual uh, affair in, in Taiwan, Taipei, and yep. um, this is a huge deal, very Intel-based over the years, I've found. Um, it's where Intel normally announced their big uh, new processor, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, and But it's, it took a bit of a shift this year, I, I felt, and, and maybe that was because you were there, and obviously that's an important thing. But that was a massive shift, yes. Talk to me. We've talked to our listeners a lot about CES. We've been there. You've been there a lot of times. We've, we've tried to explain the scale of that and the purpose of that. What is the purpose of Computex, well, and how Computex, big is it? Computex is, well, it's nowhere near the size of CES, but uh, yet that, that should and reduce its significance. It's uh, the fact that it's in Taiwan as well, in Taipei, which is the the stomping ground of companies like HTC, Acer, Asus. So this is their this is their home ground, mm. and it's a very very central part of the computing world. It's called Computex because it's very computer focused. Uh, this year was no exception. There, are, there there is a couple of companies there that are making their first appearance, including the company we're going to talk about next. But um, it is the area the the time of the year where all the computer muscle is flexed. So all mm. the companies announce their products. Uh, a lot of deals are done here. I think 
I noticed walking around the show, you know, similar setup. There's all booths and people and, and Asian girls in skimpy costumes, you know, modeling keyboards mm. and motherboards mm. and all that sort of thing. That's a little bit different. Keyboards but it's and motherboards. The, the folk, I'm serious. I've got photos. I'll show you the models. They've got holding up pieces of RAM and keyboards. It's, it's quite funny. But anyway, the, the I think this is where the deals are done. There's a lot yeah. of component makers. Apart from the big companies, there's obviously Asus and Acer and, and Microsoft, Intel, all those big major companies. But this is where I think the power is the people they look for here are the buyers, the distributors, those companies that, that can can help put these little con, these these companies on the map. You know, they make all these components. And would but, you say uh, would you say that if CES is a, is about uh, retailers finding and buying product, Computex is more likely skewed towards um, companies building things, finding yeah. component manufacturers. It's more industry. It's more yes. industry rather than consumer. There yeah. is there is a consumer flavour there. Not a, not a huge amount, but it does those show you the absolute cutting edge of the computing world, which I mm. found really fascinating. There's a lot lot of stuff that we saw. A lot, a lot of cool, uh, cool products there that we're going to talk about today. Right, yeah. You schmoozed, you whined, you dined, but you uh, also wore out the soles of the uh, the shoes there at Computex for the last few days. And uh, let's get cracking talking about what exactly it is you saw over there. Well, as I mentioned, there was a lot of uh, plenty of companies there, mainly computer companies, but w- with the exception of this company, and actually I was taken across as a guest to this company. I'm talking about the f- about Ford, the car mm. company. Mm. Uh, people are thinking, well, what the hell is a car company doing at Computex? Well, I'll explain why. For Ford's taken a pretty bold step forward in their the way sort of their technology development within the company. And apart from them, obviously having the smarts in the in the car, the actual hardware that can that that runs the car, but also can can control your entertainment, your communication, uh, and your content within the car, they've gone a step further and created a created a technology called AppLink, which is a, a toolkit for developers so that they can create apps or upgrade their apps, or customize their apps, so they work within the vehicle. Now, now, Steve, we saw this at CES. They, they, yes. they talked about this at CES. This is the next evolution of that. That's right. Yeah, it's 2.0. Now, with this, with this evolution, this, this new version, it offers things for developers like vehicle information, for example, like how fast you're going, your location, things like that. Mm-hmm. It also allows the developer to utilize this toolbox so that that app can use, can make use of the functionality of the car for example voice commands mm-hmm. so if you've got an app that works terrific on a smartphone when you're just out outside the vehicle if you're in the car you may be able to operate that app purely with your voice mm-hmm. so if you want to you know you open email close email or you know type open facebook type status bank so you're not your hands are still on the wheel eyes are still on the road um, th- this is sort of what, what they're putting out there. It's the first car company to offer proprietary information like this to, for developers to adapt their apps. Yeah, and I found it very interesting at, at CES looking at this because the concept here is, and, you know, so, for example, uh, other General Motors, Holden in Australia, have the they have some, some smarts in the car. They have, you can plug your phone and use Stitcher and Pandora and things, but it's really just an extra screen and, and a sound output from your phone, whereas this is a true integration if the app is built correctly because you can not only send in information to the screen, but you're also actually seeing what the car's doing and, and potentially using the car's information with the app information together and, and coming up with a different output. 
That, that's true. And, and what I liked about their approach too, they had a very Apple-like approach. And by that, I mean they could decide the apps that they would approve yes. to use the developer kit. They would approve the kind of notifications or interaction with the driver. So those sort of things where they're not going to just let any app be adapted to the car because there's the issue of driver distraction and safety at, 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 at uh, we're talking about here as well. So mm. I, I kind of like that approach. Like, for example, there, there's the, taking making use of the vehicle information, for example, the app may know how fast you're traveling. Yeah. It may also choose to rather than send a notification when you're traveling at uh, over 20 kilometers an hour or at any speed at all, it can choose to fight, to send you a notification when it knows you're at rest. So that if you maybe an update or something mm -hmm. comes through, it won't push that through unless the car's at a dead stop. Right. They're the sort of things that they're talking about. And again, they're not going to just let any old app send mm -hmm. you any old mm -hmm. notification. It's something they're going to really look at, really carefully allow the right apps to be in there. There are already some good examples of apps they've already that have already come through. One of them is Pandora, which you mentioned. Another is TuneIn Radio, natural fits for yep. an in-car experience. They've also got another really interesting one called Kaliki. Kaliki is a new app for Android, which can gather news content from major news sources and create an audio version of those stories. So it huh. finds the top news stories and then basically reads them out to you rather than you have to read them off the screen, which I thought was really, really good idea as well. So they're just some examples of the apps that we can expect. There's already also going to be uh, an app to find apps for the, uh, for the Ford called App Catalog, which is kind of like your, your app store for Ford kind of thing, mm -hmm. where apps that have already been approved to be that are um, optimized for the car, you can then go to this app and find those apps within that app to download yeah. and use within the car. Which is not rocket science, isn't it? It's just an app that, that is a directory, which then takes you to the exactly, Google Play yeah, Store exactly, or, the, or the iOS Store. But it, it, it's a walled garden that says these are the. Don't bother mucking around with apps and seeing if they work. These are the ones that do work. These are the ones that have got the tick, the Ford tick of approval. And again, I think it's Ford doing showing some initiative here. I think they're mm -hmm. helping. Developers help them. It's a brave. So it's brave. a two-way street here. Pardon the pun. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Uh, that they're helping with there. So I, I think I'm really looking forward to seeing some really exciting apps come through. And look, Ford uh, as a as a slight digression from directly technology in, in this sense. I, I drove the Ford Cougar recently, which is their kind of latest flagship tech car. And I got to tell you, mate, this thing on board uh, this it was about a forty-seven thousand dollar you know small SUV. It, mm. it did more things, and I've driven a lot of cars. It, it's done. It does more things technically technology-wise, than I've ever seen in a car. Ford yeah, are well, of, uh, way uh, ahead of, of the game here. I saw that at the show, actually. They had mm. they had the fully specced up version there because they've got a thing called My Ford Touch. That's it. Which is a, a new interface that's not – it's it's in going to come in a future model of the Cougar, mm. not in the current one. Mm. They've got the Sync there, which is a, 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 a technology that Microsoft helped them create. Mm. But uh, I've actually I'm organising a drive of the Cougar. I'll probably get the one that you had, mate. So I hope you didn't flog it too bad. No, nah, mate. But you, this, the thing about this is you've got to you've got to get it out on the on the highway. You, you, oh yeah. You, it, it drives you through the lanes. It breaks for it's it's freakishly amazing. And uh, Ford uh, Ford are one of the one of the true leaders in this area because motoring these days isn't just about what car you want. It's about it's, you've got to be able to upgrade your car the, the operating system well, like we do our smartphones. That's one thing they touched on. So a car it, once it, you drive it out of the showroom, it doesn't. An end there you can as you said update the software update mm. things within the car and you think of how much time we spend in the car oh yeah there's a lot of people spend like literally hours a day behind the wheel and that's time 
that they don't normally can take advantage of. But with these apps and these 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 developments, that's going to change. I think that's a exciting ahead times ahead. It is, and you can read more about the Ford uh, information and Ford launches at uh, Computex on Stephen's website, techguide.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And uh, as I said the, the earlier, the the big feature uh, announcement that always comes basically uh, at Computex or it's certainly a focus because of what we talked about in terms of componentry is Intel and they introduced their fourth generation Intel core processors uh, this week at Computex and we'll get to see the Australian launch of that next week but uh, it's essentially the fourth year of the core i3, i5, i7 and once again you know if you've got last year's model you feel like you've been superseded that's always going to happen so stop stop (laughs) worrying about it like I did a couple of years ago but there's a couple of key things here and one of them which is very interesting to me is is about power levels so what they're doing here is they're trying to make you know we've got all these ultra books that are packing these amazing processes and they're reducing the power level so you're getting more battery life yeah i think that's key i think uh, in terms of generation to generation improvement intel have said that this is probably the biggest jump that they've had from generation to generation so it's very exciting to hear the fact that they've and they say it every year but this this is pretty significant this time around where the power the power improvement so you, you get up to 50 percent extra battery life because mm. the processor used such low amounts of power yep. imagine that on an ultrabook they're saying active use not just it being turned on and nothing done to it active yeah. use up to nine hours imagine that that's a, not having to worry about it usually after six hours if you're lucky you need to find the charger again oh, like, imagine that kind of technology in a tablet in good a smartphone luck. getting even. six so, hours out of an ultrabook is is a dream even even you know the ultrabooks uh, that, that are the most cutting edge and, and processor driven uh, in terms of uh, efficiency and power, you know, you do not get six hours. So this is really exciting stuff. But another benefit too is that it's it's because of the the speed. It's also don't forget it's giving you more speed, less power, using less power. So. The exciting thing is that companies now designing the next generation of devices. We're going to talk thinner ultrabooks, hmm. lighter ultrabooks, all these different form factors, the the the, the hybrids, the convertibles, whatever you want to call them. Uh, the tablets are just going to get even more powerful, uh, longer battery life. You know, no wonder Intel are really leading the way, and they and no no wonder why they make such a big deal about these these developments. People want to consider all a little silly bit of silicon in a computer very exciting. But they actually power, literally power the device that we're using, all of us are using. And look, these things uh, are not in, in, in any devices today, and it will be some months. And, and really, in, in real terms, it's not till the end of the year before you see these things being really prolific in, in, in computers. But, you know, you will have that debate as the, as the weeks and months roll on if you're in the market for a computer now. But don't let it put you off buying now because the, the, the processes today are still staggeringly better than one year ago, let alone two. And, uh, and really, it's, there's always an evolution. It's the same thing we talk to people about with all the other devices in the market it's an evolution it happens every year and um this is worth holding out for if you're absolutely desperate but you know it's yeah. not a, not a, not a deal breaker stand by for for companies to slowly start promoting um their their devices and we'll talk about some later in the show that that have been announced this week and they won't have this processor in them but later in the year there'll be a new version so um intel core i5 i3 i7 processors the fourth generation uh read more about those at techguide.com.au
And it's all thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. And if you go to netgear.com.au, you can check out the, the uh, home section and look at the Wi-Fi um, where you want it page. It's a very, very simple overview of, uh, of what Wi-Fi can be done in your home and how you can improve the Wi-Fi in your home. Eliminate Wi-Fi dead zones in hard-to-reach areas. Extend the Wi-Fi throughout your home to your mobile devices. Um, this works with existing Wi-Fi equipment, so you don't need a new router if you, if you don't want one or don't absolutely need one. And it can actually therefore reduce the, the data usage on your mobile plan because if you're in those dead zones, your phone reverts to your data plan. So remember, you can extend those Wi-Fi zones um, with plenty of technology from um, from Netgear. They've got three uh, wall plug ranges, so they literally just plug into a wall socket, um, your PowerPoint, and then there's a couple of desktop versions as well, which look like routers in themselves. But you put them in the right place in the home, and your Wi-Fi gets extended across the home. They're available at all good retailers, JB Hi-Fi, Officeworks, Dick Smith, Harvey Norman, Bingley, the good guys, and the whole stack more retailers. You can check them out online. Just go to netgear.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, Stephen, Samsung, we love Samsung. They are making amazing devices. They are doing wonderful things in terms of marketing, mainly because they're spending billions, but more tablets. Now, I'll tell you the one thing I took out of uh, the Samsung launch uh, or the, the devices announced recently the, the, the Samsung Galaxy Tab 3, the third generation of what was the original Galaxy Tab, uh, is going to have an Intel processor in it. That's right, yeah. Well, uh, Samsung are at it again. More tablets. They make more tablets than Pfizer. <laughs> well, boom. <laughs> no, they're, they're really up there now. But the Galaxy Tab 3s, I've got to say, they look a lot better than the older versions. They, mm. they, they're, they're taking sort of design cues from the Galaxy S3, the Galaxy S4. So you can tell they're in the same family of products. Mm-hmm. They're becoming, I think that's something that Apple does really well. You can tell they're from the same family of mm. products, and Samsung are doing that really well. Now, the uh, the, the Galaxy Tab 10.3 has a, yeah, it is, you're right, it's powered by Intel Atom processor, the Z2560 1.6 gigahertz dual-core processor. Uh, the other, the other I think, is a Qualcomm in the 8-inch in the, in the in, in Tab mm. 3. It's not, not Intel, but it's a 10.1. Definitely has the Atom processor, both available in 3G and, and 4G as well, or LTE as it's also called. Uh, but what I found interesting, though, Trev, is the fact that these tabs, which are kind of their, let's face it, their iPad competitors, mm. uh, the screen resolutions aren't that impressive. No. They're in 1280 by 800. And only one forty nine pixels per inch, and and I think the the is is that high? I don't think that's quite retina no. quality. Is it? Oh even, no way, that's half. Yeah, even the Galaxy Tab three is pretty low as well. So at one eighty nine pixels per inch, uh, not really. Although they have a really nice Super AMOLED screen, not the same retina sharpness uh, that's there. So I don't know. What, you know, what you know what I reckon. I, I reckon that's going to be price because prices aren't aren't available yet. Um, yeah. But imagine, imagine the, the price of a screen like that. I think Samsung has, has cottoned on what we've been saying for a long time. Price is important in this market. Now, we, we've, we haven't had to bang on about the, the price of Android tablets for a while because there are so many cheapos out there. Kogan, Metalbox, doesn't matter who you talk to, they've got yes. a tablet. And they're cheap, Aldi for Christ's sake. So what Samsung's doing is saying, look, geez, maybe we need to make sure that Samsung is getting a, a better whack of the Android tablet market by competing at a lower price. I'd be, I'd be really disappointed again in Samsung if they don't because they've got to. They've got to yeah. compete at a lower price, and maybe well, that's why. 
Interestingly, though, they, they, they released the Galaxy Note 8. Remember, we mm. spoke about that, I think, last week or the week before, and it's actually more expensive than the iPad. That's and, right. But yet has a higher screen resolution. It has a, has a better screen res than, um, than the iPad, the iPad Mini, I'm talking That's about. That's right. So maybe this is going to place it below it. So you've got the option of going, you know, better than an iPad Mini, but you've also yeah. got the option of saying, I want an 8-inch tablet. The Samsung Galaxy Tab 8 is the one. Do you know what I mean? So that, that's maybe the thing, it. though. A week and a half ago, they released the Galaxy Tab 7-inch. Well, so they've got a 7-inch. They've got an 8-inch. They've got a 10.1-inch. They've got a Galaxy Note 2, which is 5.5, and I'm tipping it'll go to 6 for the Galaxy Note 3. <laughs> so they've got something for everyone. I'm like, what? Why, why do you think they do that? I, my answer to that is that they want to give customers more choices, uh, but how many choices do you need? Do you, do you think someone's going to say, oh, 7's just right, eight's too much, or eight seven's not enough, but eight's eight Look, seven's not enough, but it, eight's enough. I don't know. It's not the right example, but let me let me throw this at you. Rosalind Kogan goes to China, finds a manufacturer, and wants to build a tablet. He 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 builds one or maybe two, but Samsung's massive. They got billions of dollars. They can afford to churn out ten thousand seven inches, ten thousand eight inches, and ten thousand nine inches, and it doesn't actually hit the bottom line because all they're doing is re- refining the componentry to fit. So. Maybe they're just doing it because they can. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> uh, no, but I just said, but everyone who's read my story, I wrote about the new Galaxy Tab Three. Everyone who's read that, a lot of people have said, "God, how many tablets do they make? They've got the, they've got the, the note, the tab. They've got. Don't forget, they've got the tabs and the note range. So they've got a Galaxy Note Eight. They've got a Galaxy Tab Three Eight Inch. Mm. They've got the Galaxy Note Ten Point One and the Galaxy Tab Ten Point One. Now the difference between those is the note has this stylus and you can write on the screen. Yeah, yeah. The tab doesn't. So they've got those those each size has its own little flavor as well. So mm. it's interesting how they've they've come up with these different sizes and really hitting the market hard. Mm. Well, if you want to see two of the 2 billion devices that Samsung have available, <laughs> uh, you can check the photos out at uh, Stephen's website techguide.com.au. One company, in my opinion, Trev, that keeps going from strength to strength in 2013, I think has to be Sony. Mm. Sony have had a tremendous start to 2013. They, they came out of the gate fast with the Xperia Z smartphone. They followed that up with the Xperia Tablet Z, which is very impressive, about to be released actually here in Australia. They've got their new 4K TVs coming out, and they look terrific. Now they've come up with a new VIO range of computers, and they've got a few interesting form factors. Their VIO Pro, to begin with, is so – you're going to love this, by oh, the way. It is so light. It's ridiculous. It, it's 11, the 11 inches, 0.87 of a kilo. Even you can hang on to that for a quarter. I reckon I could. I reckon I could, I could rest good. that on my lap even and not feel it. <laughs> so they're, they're sort of really taking on the, the MacBook Air and uh, you know, with, with these really sleek designs, very lightweight. Uh, Mate, you know, that, that's just one of the range. There's a Vio Pro, 11 inch, 13 inch. They've and also and you know, the, the 11 Duo. inch, the 11 inch of the Pro, just quickly, is is only 1300 bucks, and, and right. for for such a small, thin, light device, that ain't bad. And the 13 inch version is only 14, 1400, Yeah, throw another hundred in, you get a couple of Two extra inches. inches. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but what do you think of the Duo? That's that sort of a really popular form factor. As I've noticed at Computex, a lot of convertibles or hybrids, whatever they want to call them, yeah. where one minute it's a tablet and then whoop, 
then suddenly a keyboard appears out of nowhere. So this is an interesting evolution. At CES, I spent a fair bit of time with a couple of guys at Intel showing me a lot of different form factors of Ultrabooks, right? And so what it was was Ultrabook lifted up, twisted around. Ultrabook lifted up, turned. You know, the, 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 the laptop cover opened and did things. Now, what... The, what Sony's done, and we'll talk in a minute about LG, is they've gone, okay, let's take the tablet and convert it. So they're actually, the premise of this is that it's a tablet. And, and you've, you're it's holding... It's a Windows device, though, Windows. The, yeah, but it's a tablet. So it's, it's, a, yeah. it's a thing you can use as a screen, but then you press a button and the screen pops up and you've got a keyboard built in on the device. Now, it's basically, and this is this is going to offend Sony and LG and different people, but it's basically like having your iPad in, an, in a Logitech ultra-thin keyboard um, because it's that, it's that well solid, it's such a good keyboard. It's a very interesting evolution of the tablet, and I actually think this is going to drive, because where does this get categorized? Is it a tablet or an ultrabook? You'll find it's ultrabooks. Yeah. So this tablet is going to drive ultrabook market share. What about this though? And we, 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 we let's touch on the fact that a lot of ultrabooks now have got touch screens. Yeah. So and, and my, with an ultrabook, you, I think you're either if you want to you you either want an ultrabook or you want a tablet mm. slash convertible. Say yeah. okay. Do you think these these ultrabooks? Do you need a touch screen on all of them? Do you, do you can you see them all having touch screens eventually? So it's basically a laptop with a touch screen, or should that be just the domain of these convertibles? I uh, I th- let's just exclude Apple for a minute. I don't reckon there'll be many ultrabooks sold in in eighteen months from now that are not touch screen. I think they'll absolutely be ninety well, plus percent. That's a big statement, and I think the, for a Windows machine, yes, because Windows eight I think was very very built much for built it. for touch. Hmm. But Mac OS though, can you see that? I know they got the Launchpad. I think we had a chat off air about this. And well, you look at Launchpad. Touch. Launchpad is built for touch. Launchpad is yeah. built to give you the iPad style experience. And then on a small, forget the 15 inch MacBook Pro, but on a smaller device, the screen is only a pointed finger away from your keyboard. And I think that works. But but also, hang on a minute. WWDC is next week, and yeah, okay. So we're looking for the next evolution of Mac OS X. What's what's after OS X? There has yeah. to be a new thing, and maybe that's next. That's the 2014 WWDC. And for those who don't know, what we're talking about when we're talking about Launchpad. Launchpad is the 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 icon that you hit to bring up every app that's on your computer, and then it allows you with your mouse, or if you've got a trackpad, you can then swipe along the different screens, kind of like you do on your iPhone. And, and let me be clear, I've I've had a Mac for two and a half, three years now. I've never used it. The Launchpad. Never. I have. No I, I, no, I use it a fair bit, but I think the fact that you need to use your mouse to navigate, uh, or if you've got a trackpad on a laptop, it's quite easy. But, um, yeah, you, I think more and more, as you see the Mac OS X evolve, what, what I'm finding is that they're bringing more iOS functionality into it. Hmm. So that, that could, you could be right, the fact that the next version has more in common than iOS than ever before. And, in fact, I'm predicting... Uh, that eventually there's going to be just one operating system mm. for everything. iOS slash Mac OS ten will become I in I think one operating system in two three years time. Oh, that's a massive call given what's required to make that happen. Well, you you've made your big statement. That's my big statement because as I said, more of these they're getting becoming having more things in common year by year. Well, okay, no, I'll, I'll agree with you on one level. Windows eight. Is is the same essentially on the phone as it is on yeah, on the right. PC. It's the but, same experience, but they're and different they're operating systems. That, but they're different operating systems. It's Windows eight and it's Windows eight phone. So yeah. iOS desktop and iOS mobile, perhaps, or something like that. But 
But so they'll look the same, but clearly yeah. they won't be the same. You'll still need apps for both of them and all that kind of jazz. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. interesting, interesting, very interesting times, yes. uh, and some very nice. Be- I mean, Sony, geez, they can design, can't they? That's a beautiful, they look terrific, beautiful. They, 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 I really like their Ultrabook. The Vio Duo as well looks pretty hot as well. I yeah. think uh, if, exciting, very exciting, and they're all available uh, from early this month. Hmm. And I think, with the exception of one of them, that's available. The Vio Duos are available in early July. Hmm. And, and just to just to the good people at Sony that are listening, I'm highly available to receive one because it's beautiful. Absolutely, I mean, uh, me seriously. Yes. <laughs> uh, you're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech, and you can check out the Sony products at uh, techguide.com.au. Mate, we've got a couple other topics which we'll put off till next week. We'll just squeeze one more thing in before we do your minute reviews. And, and it's basically a follow-on from what you've just talked about. While you're in uh, Taipei, I was in Sydney, and uh, I went along to, to meet the folk from LG, uh, Lambro and a few others, and um, they, they showed us a couple of products, frankly, very similar. If you were to write a story about these on Tech Guide, which you will, your, your story flow will be almost identical to what you've just done with Sony. There's a beautiful Ultrabook, and then there's this... Um, this convertible thing, which uh, LG have trademarked as the Tab Book. Okay, uh-huh. Tab yeah, I, have, book. I have written about these, I haven't reviewed them, it's, just wrote about them. It's yeah. a bit thick. It doesn't really feel to me like an Ultra Book. This Tab Book, and I, by the look of the Sony one in a photo, I think the Sony one's going to be thinner. But yeah. forget the Tab Book for a minute. We'll talk about that another week. I want to tell you about the the LG Ultra Book, which is something like the LG Z three hundred and sixty. But this is a an eleven inch um, ultrabook. It is it is just, it's quite beautiful, and I think this is really important these days. I think the looks, like we've just talked about, Sony is quite important. This thing's entirely white, very small LG logo on the front, which is good because it's not you don't want that big overburdening logo inside. Black front fronted screen, but the whole keyboard area is white. So the keys are white. The the, the actual computer's white. The touchpad is um, is quite nice. Here's the number one thing about this device that I think is is an absolute winner and very smart from LG. Windows 8 is a bugger of an operating system when you don't have a touch screen. You've got controls by swiping right. You've got controls by swiping left. You've got search functionality. You've got all these things. And what they've done is they've created buttons for those things. So there's five buttons down the left-hand side, which if, if you press for a little bit longer than normal, so you don't just tap it, you have to press it for, it actually says on the thing, 0.2 of a second. And so, for example, if you press the, I think they call it the, the charm button, but you press that, it brings out that right-hand side menu, which has yeah. the little little icons on it. And it means you don't have to get your mouse over there and press it. It's, it's actually very bloody smart. Now, aside from that, it's got wide eye. It's got an Intel Core i5 processor in it. It's, yep. I think it's thirteen ninety nine um, from memory. Uh, yep. Harvey Normans are going to stock it. I reckon this will be a real winner in Harvey's. I reckon this and something like the Sony side by side, people are going to go. Oh, I'd prefer that over whatever yeah. else is available. If I'm, but if LG I'm prepared to spend is the not price. a name you normally see in the computer market. They've kind of made a bit of a re-entry into mm. this market that's been dominated by other companies. I think it's good to see that LG they've got a, they've got a product now to compete with these other brands, but also something that can complement their their smart TVs as well. With the, you mentioned wide eye, so you can actually wirelessly have your comp- laptop screen on on your TV. Hmm. Uh, it's good to see they're kind of completing the circle now with that uh, with that product. Now they've got a computer in the lineup. And if you want to have a quick look, you can uh, you can see that ultrabook on Stephen's website techguide.com.au, as well as their their tab book, which uh, in the photo looks remarkably like a tablet in a in a Logitech ultra thin um, key, keyboard. But um, it's a lot more than that, and it's a, it's quite a nifty little uh, mechanism. Having played with it, um, but that's uh, that's all at techguide.com.au Two Blokes Talking Tech You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick 
Now, during our many multi-hour prep for the Two Blokes Talking Tech half hour, <laughs> uh, you mentioned that your minute reviews could be 30 seconds. Now, we are over time, and, and listeners do you know time the, their lives by this 30 yes. minutes. Got to have um, to run longer, people. But no, no pressure, Stephen, uh, but it's time for your minute reviews. Kicking it off with a Samsung Galaxy Express, another in the Galaxy range. I'm calling this the Galaxy S3 Mini. It's a uh, it's for a phone for those people who can't afford the, the full fully fledged Galaxy S3 or 4, but want a smartphone anyway. And it's still got a nice, generous 4.5 inch screen, Super AMOLED display, 1.2 gigahertz dual core, so it's pretty fast. Gig of RAM, five megapixel camera, running 4.1 Jelly Bean. It's pretty thin, 9.3 mil, but the beauty of it is that it's, it's quite affordable. $0 up front on a $50 plan uh, through Optus. It's ex- exclusively through Optus, and that plan gets you a gig of data, 500 bucks of combined value, and unlimited SMS. Samsung Galaxy Express available now. And uh, let's keep cracking on here with the LG Nexus 4. It's a smartphone-a-thon. You remember the Nexus 4 when it came out last year. It was only available in black, and it was a red-hot product because it was very, very competitively priced. Well, it's back again, this time in white. Now, this is a a device that was made in collaboration with LG and Google. So if you want the purest Android phone out there without any company user interface, any other skin on top of Android, this is the phone to buy. It's got Android 4.2 Jelly Bean operating system. This is a 3G phone, not 4G. The Galaxy Express is actually 4G, which is quite impressive. But this impressive thing of this product is the price, $419 outright. You can own this product or you can buy it on a 50 buck Optus plan available exclusively through Harvey Norman, 4.7 inch screen, 2 gig of RAM, and I think it's got 16 gig internal memory, but it's also got micro SD as well. Exclusively through Harvey Norman and uh, the um, LG Nexus 4. Very nice phone. So, absolute cracker, especially as you say, if you want that pure Android experience. Two bikes talking tech. Thank you, dear listener, for letting us encroach on your life by an extra couple of minutes this week. Stephen obviously has a lot of pent-up broadcasting in him from a few days in Taipei where the language barrier was probably (laughs) holding him back. And, you know, he and I can talk underwater. So we appreciate your support. You can check Stephen's workout each and every day, every hour, every moment at techguide.com.au. You can follow him on Twitter, Stephen with a PH, Stephen Fennick, one word. I'm on Twitter as well, at Trevor Long. And uh, you can catch us both here each and every week on Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thanks, mate. Thank you. See you later, Trevor. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick.